that it's a sweet-smelling aroma to you today. God, I ask you to open up this word today. Speak to us today. Give us hope. Give us strength. Give us vision today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, give the Lord some praise in the house today. Hallelujah. What about those that gave their lives to Christ and got baptized today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just, I'm excited about where we're at, what we're going. How many of you know we're commanded to make disciples and we're making some disciples today? Jeremiah, I'm going to get in the word. We are going to jump right into this thing. I want to talk about vision. Say vision. Now, there's a difference between vision. There's a difference between goals. There's a difference between uh, mission. We talked a little bit about that. I'm going to get into the ushers are going to pass out a handout for you. We're going to talk about 12 principles for fulfilling personal vision. In my prayer time, in my study time, uh, a few months ago, the Lord began to have me bring forth vision. Said the people got to know where they fit. They got to know that they have a vision. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. The plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Not plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but plans to give you what? A hope and a future. Say hope and future. Now look at this scripture a moment. In this one scripture, there's three times that he says plans, 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 plans. There's plans. God has plans. God, make, God makes plans? Yes. Yeah. And, and a lot of times we're afraid to plan because we think, well, then maybe I won't be flowing by the Holy Spirit. No, I want you to know that God is a planner God. Amen? The greatest movements of God are ones that weren't ever planned. Come on, somebody. But if we continue to understand the plans that God has for us, we can begin to step into those plans. And while we're walking out those things of the word of the Lord, then you're going to see God will move in supernatural ways for the plans I have for you. If you meditate on this scripture for the next year, you're going to have a new, you know, you're going to have a new vision that God has a plan for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God has a plan for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. If you knew who I was, if you knew who I really am, you'd be glad to sit next to me. (laughs) Because you are a child of the Most High God. Come on, somebody. You're the head and not the tail. You're above only and not beneath. You are an ambassador for the kingdom of God. You are, you are the old that's passed away, the new has come. You are a new creature, a new species of being. You are not who you used to be. You are who God has created you to be. Can I get a hallelujah this morning? Oh, come on. I need some help up in here this morning. Joshua chapter 1. Let's turn to Joshua chapter 1. You know, Josh is a cool guy. I mean, Josh is, he, he, he followed Moses. He was, he was one of the guys that went in to, the, to spy out the land. He and Caleb, they went in and spied out the land. And Joshua is now becoming within leadership. The Moses is, has passed away and, and Joshua is now coming into leadership. Now, how many of you know there was a mantle that was transferred from Moses to Joshua? I want to look at verses 7 and 8. Verse 7. It says, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do all according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it from the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. Hold it right there. You may have success. Anybody want success wherever they go? Now look, if you don't, if you don't want to succeed at nothing... If you just don't want to, maybe you just, you know, really, maybe you're just uh, taking up space. I don't know. Maybe you don't want to succeed at anything at all. Then I'm here to tell you that this is the place for you to be right now. Because God has imparted a vision. He has put something on the inside of you that will bring forth success in your life. No, no. Did you know that there is something on the inside of you? There's something there that is saying, wait a minute. I need to be able to step forward in the things of God. I need to be able to walk forward in the things of God. There's something on the inside of you. You have the DNA of God on the inside of you. And how many of you know God's not a failure, God is success, amen? Amen. So he says, look at this. He says, there is a prerequisite here. 
See, what happens is we'll read the scripture and we'll say, whoo, I like the success wherever I go. I'm blessed and highly favored and I like to have success wherever I go. I'm going here and having success. I'm going there and having success. I'm going to do this and have success. And then success doesn't come and you're thinking, why am I not getting success? Maybe because we didn't do what he said. He says, if you will be careful to do according to the law, that law, the principle, principles, the precepts set forth in the word of God. He was specifically talking about the Ten Commandments. We went from Ten Commandments to 2,000 commandments in Leviticus. Come on, somebody. And Jesus comes back and he says, really, there's two things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. If we will do these things, I'm here to tell you, that the word of God will come forth and we'll have success. Anybody want some success? Oh, come on, say, I do. You know, if you want some success, I want some success. We want you to have success. We want you to be successful. We want you to be successful in your marriages. We want you to be successful when you get home in the afternoon and enjoy life. We want you to be successful in your work. We want you to be successful in your play. We want you to be successful in your businesses, those of you that have businesses, those of you that are working for somebody else. We want you to be successful as you work for them. But there is a vision on the inside of you. And Joshua had this vision on the inside of him. There was a purpose. There was a destiny on the inside of Joshua. Wayne, that purpose and that destiny God had put on the inside of Joshua was to bring the people into the promised land. Hello? Moses got to the place where he got Egypt, I mean, got the Israelites out of bondage from Egypt. But Joshua says, I want you to bring them into the promised land. That was on the inside of Joshua. Do you know that 40 years prior, when Joshua went in to spy out the land, that vision was on the inside of him. That vision was on the inside of Caleb. That vision was there. And Joshua went. And he saw all the giants of the land, Shorty, the big guys in the land. Are you with me? And, and he looked at the land, and it was flowing with milk and honey. And he and, and 10 other guys, well, he and Caleb and 10 other guys, came back, and they said, what do you think about the land? And Joshua and Caleb said, oh, that's our land. The Lord has promised it to us. Let's go get it. Let's go get it. It's it's ours. And then the other 10 were like, no, those guys are pretty big. Uh, It's kind of really tough. You know, maybe we don't, maybe we can't do that. I mean, we are but little grasshoppers. Are you with me? Oh, we grasshopper. We're just a grasshopper in, in our eyes. And so we are to them. I'm here to tell you, you are not a grasshopper. You're a king. And kings rule, kings reign, and kings can go into the land and take the land. It takes a kingdom to overthrow a kingdom. Anybody belong to the kingdom of light in the house, give them a hallelujah this morning. Amen. See, it's a hallelujah that the, that the Lord, the praises of the Lord, he sends forth his angels to do the work in the earth with you to encourage you, to strengthen you, to give you hope, give you future. These different things you look at and say, okay, God, it's the spirit of God in me. It's the unseen spirit in the unseen spirit of man in the, in the, in the body, the physical body on the scene. It's the unseen to the unseen in the scene on the scene. Well, don't say that for me. <laughs> it's the unseen to the unseen, in the scene, on the scene. It's the unspir- unseen spirit of God living in the unseen spirit of man, your spirit, Bobby, living in your physical body on the physical earth. So the unseen to the unseen, in the scene, on the scene. So when God wants something done in the earth realm, he's going to use you to do it. Oh, come on, somebody. Could God have gone in and wiped out the inhabitants of the land? Absolutely. Did he? No. He gave it to Joshua to do. Are you with me? He gave it to Joshua to do. He says, Joshua, this is your plan. This is your purpose. You're going to take the Israelites and you're going to cross over. You're going to bring them in that promised land. And that vision was in Joshua, listen, for 40 years. Because he saw it when he was younger. He saw that. He said, that's our land. And why did they have what I think some theologians say that's like an 11-day journey or whatever to get to the promised land, and it took them 40 years to get there. So we've got to be successful wherever you go. Look at verse 8. This is the book of the law. Shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Then, say then, then you will make... 
Uh-oh. Pulling stuff out of the Word, Tatum. Isn't that amazing? Who's going to make Joshua's way prosperous? Joshua. He says, then you, Ricky, will make your way prosperous. Then you, Richard, will make your way prosperous. Then you, Justin, will make your way prosperous. See, a lot of times we just want God to do it all. And God's waiting on you. Joshua didn't say, well, God, you know, uh, had all them other people. They didn't believe in it, and they're all gone now. And you're the only two. You and Caleb are the only one that, that really believe that you can take this. Now you're going to be the head over Israel, and you're going to go in, and you're going to make your way prosperous. See, we look at that. Then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have success. See, a lot of times we're waiting on God to do it, and God's waiting on Is that okay today? Y'all all right? It's in the Word. We believe that the Word is the authority of the Word. It's inerrant, irrefutable. There is no mistakes. Come on, somebody, in the Word. We just got to read the Word and understand what God wants us to do. So if it's success, it's not up to, you, uh, not up to God. It's up to you. They, they didn't get it. Well, God, why don't you make successful? He said, why don't you do it? God, the enemy's whooping me up, man. God, why don't you come down here and slap that enemy around? He said, you know what? You're a tither. He says, I'll rebuke the devourer when you tithe. When you don't tithe, I'm not going to rebuke the devourer. It's the word. So check this out. There's a vision inside of you. We've used the analogy of the acorn. The acorn what? Inside that acorn is an oak tree. Inside that acorn is an oak tree. Do you know what God puts on the inside of birds? Flight. Do you know why they know how to fly? Because it's on the inside of them. You can have success. Oh, you didn't hear me. You can have success. You know why? Because it's on the inside of you. You got to get that. Look right here. Say success is on the inside of me. It's, it's in there. Say, come on out. <laughs> Say, come on out, success. <laughs> come on. Come on out, success. You know, it's there. You just, you just got it buried. So we're going we're gonna to tap into vision. We're going to tap into success. There is a, a vision that God has placed on the inside of you. There are not only a plan, but there's plural, multiple plans that God has for you. Didn't he say, the plans I have for you, declares the Lord? So Joshua's taken over. God says, you know what? You're going to have success wherever you go if you do what I tell you. If you follow my principles, if you follow my laws, if you follow these things, if you walk in those ways, then you're going to have success. Oh, come on, somebody. If You mean to tell me if I do what the Word says, I'm going to have success? Yes. How am I going to know it's success? Well, you'll know it. Come on. Your, your, your neighbor may not know it. Your neighbor may not think you're having success. Oh, come on, somebody, because they may not see you the way God sees you, but you're going to know that you know that you know that you're having success. Amen? Everybody get a handout? Anybody not get one, raise your hand. Everybody's got one? Good. Let's take a look at these 12 principles for fulfilling your personal vision. We talked last week about number one. You need to be directed by a clear vision. Say clear vision. That word that goes in there is clear. We need to be able to see clearly. I can see clearly now. The rain is gone. Do, 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 do. I, I'm a little older than some of y'all. And y'all some of them are going like... Oh, that was a remake of some old song, you know? See, we want God to be able to let us see clearly. See the word clearly, Tatum. See the word clearly to where we can see these things and go, wow. Because a lot of times all we do is just take what we're taught. And in, in Sunday school, you know, you might have been taught that, that there was only two animals in the ark. Well, how about this? Let me throw this out for, for theology on, upon you guys. What do you think that they used to be able to survive when the waters receded and the wood was wet. Think about that one. Maybe they used the ark. Maybe they broke it off and burned it and used it to survive. Maybe they used it for housing. Are you with me? 
See, a lot of times we just think, you know, it's a little arc and a rainbow and it's just really nice stories. But there's a principle, there's a precept. How many of you know that inside of Noah's DNA, there was a vision that he had for the ark? That God placed on the inside of him. Took him 100, 100 and some odd years, 120 years, whatever, to build the ark. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. That vision was on the inside of him. And every time they would say, Noah, what are you doing? Why are you building the ark? And he was like, it's going to rain. They had no idea what rain was. Hadn't rained. They laughed at him. Do you have a vision on the inside of you that people might laugh at? Then maybe you're like Noah. Maybe you'll save the entire human race. Come on, somebody. I mean, that's already been done. And Are you with me? But there's something there that God has placed on the inside of you. So you need to have a clear vision. Say clear vision. Number two is knowing your potential for fulfilling that vision. Knowing your potential for fulfilling that vision. Is it possible? We talked a little bit about understanding where the vision comes from. Number three, develop a concrete plan for your vision. If you want to be successful, you need to have a concrete plan. In other words, write it out. Habakkuk 2.2. Write the vision down. Make it plain. So those that can see it or read it can what? Run with it. We have to have a concrete plan. We've got a concrete plan that we're going to release to you next Sunday. Each and every family will get a copy of the the vision that God has given us. I had to apologize to you and I hope that you have forgiven me for not releasing it before now. Because I thought, well, if I do, then people are going to be upset or they're just going to think that Winona and Delbert are going to have to pay for it all. Are you with me? But if you'll do your part, they'll do their part. You do your part and you see where you begin to fit into this vision. Then we're going to see society changed and transformed because that's what it's about. It's about society being changed and transformed and operating in the laws, in the principles and the precepts of the word of God. Oh, come on. That was weak. I need somebody to give me a hallelujah. Amen. Praise Jesus or something. Amen. So we begin to look at this and we begin to understand this. And now we're saying, what about you? There's a plan. There's a purpose. There's a destiny. We had a, we had a, a, a meeting with a pastor that came to our home on Friday. Many of you may know Pastor John Ward, Church of Edmund. He's resigned his church. His, uh, golly, Lord. His 18-year-old grandson committed suicide in December. He read about another account where a young man said, had committed suicide, a teenager had committed suicide, and said, if Jesus, if heaven is my goal, then I'm cashing in now. And committed suicide. You have to have a purpose to live here on earth. Hello? Hello? There has to be a purpose for you to live here on earth. Because we could have baptized these people today and just held them under. Are you with me? And sent them home to be with the Lord. If that's the only goal, if that's the only reason, if that's the only purpose, then why are we still here now? Does everybody ask that? Pastor, that's pretty deep stuff. Well, I ask those things. I'm like, God, what is it about? If that's it, then I'm there, then I'm already there. But it's more than that. It's greater than that. That is the goal. Come on, somebody. There is still a race that we're in the middle of running. There is still competition that's going on. He wants us to change and transform society. He wants us to change and transform homes. He wants us to change and transform businesses. He wants to change and transform church life. Come on, somebody. He wants to change and transform media. How is he going to do those things if we're in heaven? You're a teacher. You're supposed to be a teacher. You've been designed to be a teacher. It's inside you to be a teacher. You're to bring the, the love of God and the, and the mercy of God and the grace of God into those classrooms. Well, I can't say anything about Christ. God will give you creative ways and they'll come to you and they'll say, wait a minute, what is it that you got? What is it? You got something that I want and I want what you got. What is that? And guess what? Open door. Purpose. Say Purpose. 
There's got to be a purpose. There's got to be a purpose for our lives. We've got to give the young people a reason to live. We've got to give them a reason to say, no, don't cash in your chips. Don't go home early. Come on, somebody. Take dominion where you're at. Rule and reign. Help change society. And we're going to change a culture for Christ. Give the Lord some praise in the house. Amen? No matter where you're at, no matter what's going on. Okay, let me get back in here. I know y'all, let me stay on track. To be successful, you must have a clear plan. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs chapter 16. It's Psalms. It's in the middle of the book. Go to Psalms and then turn right and go to Proverbs. And let's look at chapter 16. The plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you hope in a future. Proverbs 16.1 says, The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. The plans of the heart belongs to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. I gave you vision. I put it down on paper. What's in your heart? Put it down on paper. This is going to come clearer even next week. It's going to even come even more clearer. Because you're going to be able to see the vision and see where the Lord's going to say, that's where you fit. That's what you should be involved in. That's where you need to be. That is your plan and purpose and destiny. If you'll put it on paper, God will work out the details. Do you know that if you don't put it on paper and you have a business and you go into the bank and say, I need to borrow $300,000 and the bank is going to say, okay, let's see your business plan. What business plan? I mean, you don't understand. I'm I'm a believer. I'm a man of God. You should just give me the money. It, It may be right, but It ain't going to happen for you. Hello? Where's your business plan? Where is it that, what is it that you're planning on doing? What are you starting? Well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have a shoe store. Okay, that's that's good. Oh, tell me a little bit more about it. Oh, we're just going to sell shoes. (laughs) See what I mean? That's, That's very vague. That might be a goal to have a shoe store. That might be a goal, not a mission, not a vision. Vision's more specific. Those of you that have missed some of that, I'm, I'm going to encourage you to go on the website and download it and listen to it or have Augustine get you the CDs. You might have a mission, changing a culture for Christ, very vague. How do we do that? We've got a specific plan, how that can begin to happen. So he says, I've given you vision, put it down on paper. Look at Proverbs 16. Just flip over to Proverbs 16. Look at verse 9, I'm sorry. You're at verse 1, look at verse 9. Proverbs 16, 9. The mind of man plans his way. I love this. But the Lord directs his steps. In other words, God might say, you know what? I've given you a plan on the inside of you. You begin to start putting it down and you begin to start walking in it and I'm going to direct your steps. And then all of a sudden, you're front and center with your purpose. All of a sudden, your destiny is right there in front of you. All of a sudden, you're saying, wow, that's pretty cool, God. And that's what it says in the New Testament, doesn't he say? The steps of a righteous man are what? Ordered by the Lord. Say, ordered by the Lord. Everybody, ordered by the Lord. So we make our plans, we, we make our plans, and the steps are ordered by the Lord. Some of you might have may, maybe set vacation plans. I mean, there was a time we set vacation plans, and we went to a specific place for a specific visiting with a specific couple, and guess what? They said, I want you to minister to this lady. She's really in difficult places. a hotel. We were in Branson this many years ago. Many of you may have known about it. So here we are on our vacation ministering to this lady. And we led her to the Lord. Come on, somebody. No, no, you didn't hear me. She came to Christ because we had made our plans for vacation, but our steps were ordered by the Lord. And she came to the Lord because our steps were ordered by him. Hallelujah. 
That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Why? Because you were just, we were just going through our plans. And then there it was. She needed Jesus. And she was ready for Jesus. So the word of God says, God gives, wants to give you the desires of your heart, doesn't it? He wants to give you the desires of your heart. Man, it also says that he's going to direct your steps. And if he directs your steps, then you need a plan. He also basically said, uh, in effect, well, let me share this with you. Miles Monroe, and I, I wrote this down. He wrote this. Ideas are like seeds of destiny planted in the mind of humankind. Our ideas are like seeds of destiny planted in the mind of humankind. When an idea is cultivated, it becomes imagination. It becomes imagination. And imagination, as it is watered and developed, becomes a plan. And a plan is followed, it becomes reality. So there's an idea, imagination becomes an idea. Aha! Then it becomes a plan. Then the plan can turn around and become what? Reality. There it is. Those things that we've been believing God for, those things that we've been fasting and praying, and we need to fast and we need to pray. Absolutely. You're going to see next week how this is, this is all part of it. Next week when I, on Vision Sunday, we will give you financially where everything was gone, where everything was spent on. We're going to break down the expenses of the church so you can begin to see it. And you will be amazed at the amount of money that has been helped for benevolence, for people coming in, for ministries that have been helped. Are you with me? You will be amazed probably at what it takes to operate this building itself. But you know what? We've got a plan to get the building paid off. And we have gone from a 15-year plan now down to a 10-year plan. Come on, somebody! Hey, hey what's going to happen? And then there's going to be five years. And then some of you have sowed. Some of you have given. Some of you have done. And you've stood. When the enemy has tried to pull you out, you've stood and you said, No, I'm going to be there because I got a vision. I got a plan. I got to see the purpose for Living Word Fellowship Church. And I'm telling you, ten, ten years from now, if not sooner, we're going to stand and we're going to have a love feast. And it's going to be rejoicing because we're going to burn the mortgage. We're going to send a message to hell and say we are going to operate in the freedom of God. Get ready, kingdom of God. You are going to advance exponentially in the upcoming years ahead in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. I I mean, do you have a plan to get your house paid off? Do you have a plan to get your cars paid off? Do you have a plan? Or is it just like, well, my plan is if I can just get enough money to get to church today. Come on with me. You with me? We're going to take that walk. We got a plan to be able to get our building paid off. The idea, it was an imagination. Some of you were here in the meetings that we had, and it was like, here's what, we're, here's what I'm feeling like the Lord's leading us to. We're going to move out of this church building into this church building. And some of you are like, man, pastor's got a good imagination. But that imagination, when it was watered and developed, became a plan. And then that plan, because it was cultivated or because it was followed, it became reality. And you're sitting in a seat because of that today. Let's give the Lord some praise for that today. Amen? Amen. Do you know that God has a plan for every person that he's created? Ephesians chapter 1. Let's just, I love to get in the word. We're just going to tool around in the word today. Ephesians chapter 1. If you got a Bible like mine, it is uh, page number 827. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. When you get there, say, I'm there. Anybody else say, they're not there, say, I'm not there. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. In him we were also chosen... 
Say, I'm chosen. chosen. You're a chosen person. It just didn't happen that you just stumbled into it. You were chosen, sister. You were chosen to bring forth that baby that you're going to bring forth. You were chosen because that baby's chosen to have a destiny and a plan and a purpose in the things of God. You were chosen for that. You were chosen to carry this baby. Nobody else was chosen to carry this baby. You were chosen to carry this baby. You were chosen. Say, I'm chosen. When you speak over that child, that child is a chosen child. Are you with me? That that child is a gift from God. That is a gift from God. All right? And and don't ever, ever let anybody tell you anything different. That child that you're carrying is a gift from God. You are chosen to carry that baby. Let's give the Lord some praise for that. Amen? I wasn't chosen to carry it. Praise God. That wouldn't be right. In Him, you were also chosen, having been predestined. Here it is. According to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity for the purpose of what? His will. What's inside you? I want to get it out. What's inside you? I want to bring it forth. What's inside you? God needs what's inside you. God needs that. Well, he's got plenty. If I don't do it, somebody else will. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God's got something on the inside of you and he wants to get it out because it will impact your area of influence that you're in. It'll impact your family. Plan your work. I wrote this down. Plan your work and work your plan. Plan your work and work your plan. Now, now some of us, we plan our work and, and, and if our plan don't work, we kind of get upset. <laughs> it's got to be this way. Be willing to adjust your plan. Are you with me? I mean, God's the one that's directing our steps. You may have step one, two, and three already mapped out and you just take step one and allow God to direct it. Sometimes we may take step one, two, and three and we've missed out on what God was wanting to do because he was wanting to do it between step one and step two. And we just want to get to step three. We want to get to step three. That's it. Let's get it done, baby. Let's get it done. I'm focused. I'm focused that way. I mean, you give me a project, buddy. I'm focused. I'm focused. I'm focused. I want to get it done. Get it done. Get it done. My wife will tell you, it just kind of consumes me. I want to get it done. I want to get it done. You didn't have to be so quick to agree. <laughs> it's kind of like this. There's a ship in sea. There's a compass. And at this ship, there's this compass. And the navigator needs to know the direction in which he's going, right? Wouldn't you say that's, that's what that compass is for? Then there's the rudder. And the pilot can steer the ship through that rudder. But how many of you know that every ship, in order for it to get to its destination, has to have a course, or better known as a plan? It has to have a plan from point A to point B, from point A to B to C to D to E to F. And all three of them are necessary. You can't have the compass without the rudder, and you can't have the rudder without the plan, and you can't have the plan without the compass and the rudder. Are you with me? All three of those things are necessary. In order for it to reach its destination, Wayne, it won't get there without all three. Hello? It needs to be able to be carried out. So they begin to start steering according to the compass, which direction they're going, the coordinates of the plan, and they do it little by little by little by little, and all of a sudden, they arrive at the port. They're at their destination. Hello? They're at their destination. So someone comes up to you and says, I want to invest it in you. I see a lot in you, brother. I want to invest in you. I, I just, just see some great things and I got this little extra money that I'd like to invest in you. Can you tell me your plan? Me? Uh, my plan? You mean like, well, this afternoon, I mean, we got, you know, a baby shower for my, my daughter. And then after that, you know, there's the hockey game on the Olympics. I mean, you know, that's what I was planning on doing this afternoon, man. Telling you, that guy is going to say, you don't have a plan? Nope. He's going to say, good to see you. And he's going to go to somebody else. I see. I want to invest in you. See what I mean? I want to invest in you. And by the way, I've got $100,000 to put. Wouldn't that be awesome? 
$100,000 to invest in you, and I'm going to invest in you. Can you show me your plan? And she'll say, here it is. It's this studio and that studio, and we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Are you with me? And it's like, okay, I think we get together. Are you with me? But if you don't know where you're going, you're never going to get there. If you don't set the course, if you don't use the compass and use the rudder to get you there, you're never going to navigate where you need to navigate in order to arrive where you want to arrive. That's the point I want to arrive to. Are you with me? Is this making sense? Do you want me to sit down and be quiet now? There's a vision. Say a vision. There's a vision on the inside of you. There's a course. There's a destiny. There's a plan. And I'm just asking you just to, to be silent and hear from the Lord on how to do that. So that's, num- that's number three. Develop a concrete plan for your vision. Number four. You got to possess passion. Who Passion for your vision. Say passion. passion. Say it like we, you know, like... You'll never find do 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 another love like mine. <laughs> Lord, help me today. Where is that passion that you might have for your spouse? Are you with me? Where's that passion? I saw the passion of the people for the Lord that we baptized this morning. Where's that passion? You got to have passion for that vision. Maybe I have passion for you. Now, now, we got to wait. You will never, you listen, you will never be successful without passion. Passionate people are those that discover that there's something more important than life itself. There's something more important than life itself. When you're passionate about something, you've heard me say, what makes you bang the table? What makes you bang the table? And Families Helping Families came, was birthed out of passion. Because I was banging the table in, in 1999 and 1990 where, uh, gosh, how long have we been here? 1980, 1998, 1999 and 2000 because people were coming in and they needed help. They, they had their gas bills were doubling and I was like, this should not be so. Why are people in this way? Why are people in this bondage? What can we do to begin to help them? And the passion that was inside me birthed families helping families. To be able to say, I can help you with food. Now, when I help you with food, you take the rest of the money that you would normally spend on food and you put it towards that gas bill. Hello? Because people don't just need help one day. Sometimes they need it for a month. Sometimes they need it for two months. Sometimes they need it for six months. Come on, somebody. Sometimes they might need it for a longer period of time. And there was that passion that was there. So it began to drive us. It was more important than life itself. Jesus said this, In Luke chapter 14, verse 27, he said, Whoever does not pick up his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. You got to have the passion for the things of God. I got the passion. I got the passion for the things of God. I want to see the community saved and transformed. I want to see your lives different. I don't want you to be in the same place you are right now, five years from now. I want to see you growing and expanding in the things of God. I want to see you hooking in and getting in the things of God and beginning that purpose, that plan, that passion inside of you to be able to come forth and you can make a difference in somebody's life. I think that's what we want to do. You're here because you want to make a difference. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Come on, you're here because you, you want to make a difference. I'm, I'm talking about you. Jesus said that. He also said basically in effect of this, he said, if you will lose your life for my vision, for my plan, for my purposes, you're going to gain it. If you want to keep your life, then you're going to lose mine. But if you want to lose your life for my vision of your life, then you truly will live. Oh, man. You truly will live. But I, I kind of enjoy that scene. Well, when you step out of that scene, God's got some other scene stuff for you. Are you with me? And it's some good stuff. 
So how badly do you want your vision? How badly do you have the passion? Are you hungry for it? Maybe we've seen people in, a, in, in a Africa when we were there, how hungry they were for the things of God. They were hungry for the things of God. They want, when you have a water baptism and 485 people get baptized and there's 2,000 people at the church watching them get baptized, there is a vision, there is a passion, there is a hunger to watch their community be saved and transformed. Maybe we're spoiled. Maybe, maybe we're just too spoiled. Passion basically says this. It says, I'm going after this no matter what happens. Nehemiah, remember we read about Nehemiah last week. Nehemiah had a passion. And when he was so passionate for the things of Jerusalem, for the, for the walls to be rebuilt, the gates to be repaired, restored, that Nehemiah actually, when he went in front of the king, he was sad. And you heard me tell you that if you went before the king and you were sad, you'd have your head cut off. You'd be drug off because the king didn't want no, when they were partying, there wasn't no some droopy people around. Are you with me? Let alone somebody serving him. They were going to serve him with gladness. It didn't matter. He still went before the king and the king says, you're not sick. What's going on with you? There was a passion inside him. There was a passion that began to come forth because there was a vision on the inside of him. Passion overcomes resistance. Passion says that you're willing to pay the price. Passion keeps you focused when you could get off track. Hello? Passion keeps you on the right road. Passion defies the odds. There ain't no way he's going to live that Christian life. He's going to be back in the clubs pretty soon. When you get that passion, you're going to say bye-bye to the clubs. Are you with me? Because you know why? Because that's not part of what God's called you to. What God has called you to is advance the kingdom of God. Now, it doesn't mean he called you to get stronger, maybe to go back, minister to things like that. But there is a passion for the things of God. And when you have a passion, oh, come on, somebody. When you have a passion, when you, when you taste and see that the Lord is good, you'll have a passion for those things. And the things of the old self, the things of the old world, the things of the old ways, you'll have a passion to step out of them and leave them behind, you'll begin to walk forward in the newness of the things of God because of passion. Say passion. Passion. So we've got to have passion for the vision. We've got to have passion for the vision. Number five. Oh, we're not going to get through all 12 of them today. Is that okay, y'all? Develop faith of the vision. Develop faith. That word that goes in there is faith. Say faith. Sight is a function of the eyes. Vision is a function of the heart. If we are moved only by what we see, then we will never accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. If we look at only the natural realm, we will never see what's in the spiritual realm. Helen Keller, she was blind, she was deaf, She was mute. She, this was because of a result of an illness that she had when she was 18 months old. Read some of her poetry. Read some of her literary works. I mean, she's just a fantastic woman. An interviewer, a guy that was a news anchor, he um, communicated to her through Braille. And he did an interview with her. And he asked her, Is there anything worse than being blind? And she communicated back to him. And she said, what is worse than being blind is having sight with no vision. What is worse than being blind for a woman that couldn't hear, couldn't talk, come on, couldn't see, are you with me? Is having sight but no vision. Sight is something you see in the natural, but vision comes from the heart. Sight is something your eyes can see, but vision comes from the heart. What's the vision? Next week, we're going to show you the vision that comes from the heart. And you're not only going to be able to see it, you probably won't be able to see it in the natural. Many of you didn't see this building in the natural. Right? Right? 
You didn't see the building in the natural. I had a guy walk up to me that when we came into this building, the very first gathering that we had, and he put his arm around me, Justin, and he said, Pastor, this is what you saw. And I said, yeah. He said, this is as good as any building, any facility in Oklahoma City. Say vision. Vision. But we've got to have faith for the vision. We've got to have that faith. We've got to develop that faith. If you're operating by sight, you're going to see problems and challenges all around you. All you're going to see is the bills. All you're going to be able to see is that I can't do this or I can't do that. All you're going to see is the economy's bad, the company's downsizing. And you're going to say, there is no hope. All you're going to see is that there's medical problems and there's migraines and sickness and high blood pressure. All you're going to be able to see is, oh, the swine flu or the, oh, excuse me, H1N1 thing that, that has taken over. All you're going to see is heart disease and ulcers and, and, and all sorts of problems. How many of you know if you live by your sight, it'll kill you? If you live by your sight and you look at those things and you let those things into your heart and you don't live by faith, fear will come and it will literally kill you. How many of you know that you can see some things in the natural and you can get so worried about those things, sickness can come upon your body? I mean, life is full of depressing things. So that's why we need to learn by vision. We need to learn to lead by faith. We need to see those things that are in the spiritual realm and watch them manifest in the natural realm. In other words, you have to have the eyes of faith. Our spirits were designed to operate like God's spirit. Okay? Well, okay. Genesis chapter 1. Tatum got us there to Genesis this morning. Let's look at Genesis chapter 1. Let's look at verse 26. Genesis 1, 26. Awesome. Let's read this together. You can look on the screen if you, if you don't have it in your Bible yet. Um, Genesis 1, 26. Ready? Read. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over the cattle, and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. That word image literally refers to the moral character of God. The moral character of God. Let us make man. That's you. That's mankind. That's not just men. It's mankind. In our image. While the phrase in our likeness literally means to function like. I should have the moral moral character of God and I should function like God. Oh, come on. You hear me today now. You got to hear this. Open them ears. I should have the moral character of God and I should function like God. See, we were created to live according to the nature of God and we were created to live and function the way God functions in this world. We were created that way. You were designed that way. Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, I know I'm picking it up a little bit, but it says without faith, it is impossible to please him. Now we could go on and quote the rest of that scripture that says he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So as we seek God, guess what he's going to do? He's going to reward her, reward us. But without faith, we're not going anywhere. Oh, come on, somebody. We were saved by God's grace through faith. We're filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking and prophesying and praying in tongues by faith. Are you with me? We operate in the world by faith. We operate those things, and without that faith, we don't please him. How can I please God? I can step out in faith. There's a vision on the inside of me. And if I step out in faith, then I'm going to begin to please God. Are you with me? I'm going to be able to bring that thing forth. Say faith. Faith. Jesus was filled with faith. Man, I can tell you when, I mean, there was a storm that came up on on the Sea of Galilee. and And the disciples, they were operating in fear. I mean, it must have been cracking and banging and booming. You know, we got some storms like that here in western Oklahoma. You know, tornadoes, tornadoes, tornado coming. 
we're going to start, we're going to start operating like Jesus. Are you with me? So what was going on? Where was Jesus? The disciples are looking for him. Where is he? Where's the Lord? Where's the Lord? Lord's in there going. And it may not have been like that. I know, but that's how I sleep. Are you with me? He was asleep. <laughs> Lord, there's a big storm going on. Huh? There's a storm. It's a big storm. Don't you care about us? He's like, man, I, I was having some good dreams. Do you think he was worried about the storm? Well, but he was God and I am not. If we're supposed to operate that same way, then why are, we, why are we getting worried about the storms in our life? Come on, somebody. So Jesus said, okay, boys, here's how it's done. Stop! I'm going back to bed. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> are you with me? Yeah. That was faith. Say faith. faith. So we see Jesus, how he operated by faith. Faith sees, write this down. Faith sees problems as opportunities. Faith sees problems as opportunities. Faith sees problems as opportunities. Well, I want to serve the Lord, and I don't want any problems. You're out already. (laughs) You know, I need one of them buttons. Give me a big red X. You're out. But I don't want any problems. That doesn't line up with the Word of God. James says trials and tribulations. Guess what? You're going to have them. But count it all joy, brother. Be happy when you're going through it. Happy, happy, happy. Happy day, happy day. You know, it's like, hey, happy day. Happy day, things are really tough today. Happy day. Number six. Another principle that'll help you fulfill your personal vision is understanding the process of vision. We talked about Proverbs 16, 9. It says, the mind of a man plans its way, but the Lord directs his step. God has a plan for each of our lives and he wants to bring that plan to pass. But he does it in a gradual way. Okay? He does it in a gradual way. God tells us the vision, but he doesn't actually tell us how to to fulfill it. Are you with me? He'd be like, okay, there's your vision. It's like, okay, how do we get there? He doesn't explain to us the process. Are you with me? Proverbs 16, 9, another one says, in the heart's man, he has plans. Or he plans his course. But the Lord directs his step. What's on the inside of you? What's in your heart? What are the plans within your heart? He also says that the Lord determines his steps. He doesn't say that the Lord determines his leaps. The Lord determines his steps. I'm working out my salvation with fear and trembling day by day, step by step, step by step, from faith to faith. It doesn't say that the Lord directs his leaps. Oh, I landed in the dog poop. That's because you was leaping instead of stepping. Are you with me? Oh, come on, somebody. It's okay to laugh at church. Is it okay to say dog poop? Are you with me? Yeah. Well, you stepped in it. I stepped in it. I stepped in it. Yeah. You know why? Because I was leaping and not stepping. At the time we receive our visions, we're not always ready for them. We really don't have the ability to handle the big vision, the big things that we're dreaming of. We may not have the experience and you may not have the character And he wants to prepare us to be able to receive and work out our visions. We must learn to train. I know this is a real difficult word in church. We must learn to train for what God has told us that is already coming. We must stay on course. Say, stay on course. So you've got to stay on course. You must stay in the seat where God's placed you. You must put that seatbelt on because there may be some turbulent times ahead. You just got to hang in there because you might end up being upside down and that seatbelt has still got you in there. We might say, well, God, I don't like this course. God, I don't like this thing. I don't like having to do this. God, can I, can I be over there? I mean, that road's smooth. I mean, that's got a wide, look at the gate on that thing, man. 
Can't I be over there? Everybody else is over there, God. Everybody else is over there. But no, the road less traveled. God, it's hard. Well, yes, but he's developing something within you. Here's a couple things that you're going to find that the process of vision will do for you. Two things. I don't think I've got that on your notes. Write this down. Number one, it will develop character. The process of the vision will do for us is it will develop character. This process that we go, I'm telling you, the vision wasn't for eight years ago. The vision was for now. God has taken us through a 12-year process. Things have shaken. Things have been sifted. Things are now solider than they were before within us. So God is developing the character within us. So the process, we've got to understand the process. It's part of the process, sister. Part of the process. Part of the process, sister. Joe, part of the process. It's just part of the process. Amen? Because you have to go through these things, number one, to develop character. Number two, to produce responsibility in us. Produce responsibility. God wants somebody that's going to be responsible. It ain't my fault it's Delbert's. It's not my fault it's Wayne's. It's not my fault. It's Lloyd's fault. It's Shelley's. It's Shelley's. Who was the president that had the sign on his desk that said the buck stops here? Anybody remember? Truman. Truman. Had a a sign on his desk. He took responsibility. He said, hey boys, buck stops here. I'm taking responsibility and said it stops right here. There may be some things in different departments within the church that may not be all that good, but I'm telling you where it all comes back, it all comes back to us and I'm responsible. But God wants to develop responsibility in us. Why? Because it's biblical. He says if you're faithful over the little, you will be ruler or responsible over much. So if you're faithful to tithe at $5 an hour, you will be faithful to tithe on your $5 million. Hello? See, we weren't born for these things. We have to learn how to, how to how we, they have to be developed in us. I mean, you didn't come out of the womb and just had the character of God. <laughs> mommy, I need food. Thank you, mommy. It doesn't happen. It has to be developed. It has to be learned. Besides, God might, if he was to show us the big picture of where we are, we might say, ah, that's okay, I'll just stay right here. (laughs) It's just better here, God. I mean, you know, I don't want to go there. Think about this. You remember Joseph? We talked a little bit about Joseph. In Genesis 37, he had a dream at 17 years old. I like his dream. He had a dream. He's like, man, I got this dream. I'm the king, and I'm ruling the kingdom. I'm the king of the kingdom. I'm the king over the kingdom. I'm looking down. Everybody's bowing down to me. And there's my brother, my mom and dad. I'm a ruler. What a wonderful dream. But what if God had, so God showed him, you're the king over a kingdom. What if God had told him, oh, by the way, you're the king over the kingdom, Joseph. But here's what's going to happen. Your father's going to give you a coat that's going to be the most precious garment that you've ever had. It's going to be the most beautiful coat. It's going to be hand-woven, hand-knitted. It's going to be the coat of many colors. And, you're, and your father's going to give you that coat and your brothers are going to rip that sucker right off your back. And then, by the way, after they get through ripping that off your back, they're going to throw you down in a hole. I'm talking a cistern, 150 feet deep. Are you with me? And it's going to be dry. And they're going to toss you down there, and you probably might maybe break some bones down there. But then they're inside, they're not going to leave you there. They're going to pull you out, and they're going to sell you to some people that are going to Egypt. What do you think Joseph would have said? Oh, well, that's not all, Joseph. But you remember, you're going to be a king of a kingdom. But that's not all. After I sell you, then you're going to be able to go and you're going to work for this guy named Potiphar. And you're going to be really gain. And his wife's going to lie about you. And they're going to throw you in jail. And then after they throw you in jail, you're not going to be there just a month or two. You're not getting parole. In fact, you're going to tell some others about the deal because they're going to stand before the king. And they're going to forget about you and you're going to spend two years in jail. Hello? How many of us would be like Joseph and say, nah, I think I'll stay here, God. <laughs> nah. That'd be all right. I kind of like where I'm at right now. (laughs) Are you with me? God doesn't. He may show us 
the vision, but he's not going to take us through the process because if we are taken through the process, then we might just opt out. No, never mind. What about Moses? Did he go through a process? Absolutely. What about David? Did he go through a process? Absolutely. What about Daniel? Absolutely. What about Paul? Absolutely. What about Jesus? Man, he went through a process. See, what we want is we want vision without qualifying for it. Let me say that again. We want the vision without qualifying for it. I've been watching some Olympics, and I know I'm almost done. I know. There was a woman, a little girl. Gosh, her name escapes me, but I saw this commercial. And when she was a little girl, she drew herself on skis winning the gold at the Olympics. As a little girl, Mancuso, Julie Mancuso, there you go. Thank you. She, they, she did this. And, and that was a vision when she was a little girl. But do you know what it probably went through? I don't think we understand that getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning is not what they do. They might get up at 3. And they will spend 12 to 14 hours a day on skates. They'll spend 12 to 14 hours a day running sprints. They'll eat right. They're disciplined. They do everything else. Why? Because they can compete against somebody else that's doing similar things that they're doing. There's one guy, got his own, got his own half pike. He just bought, I guess he bought his own half pike or built it or rented it or something. And he's out there doing all these different tricks and stuff. And nobody can see because in order to get in there, you got to have a helicopter. Are you with me? They paid the price to be where they were because they had a vision. They had a vision. You got a vision on the inside of you. But you just, we just want to say, well, you know, things get a little bit difficult. Can I just eat my potato chips and drink my Pepsi or Coke? And maybe the vision will come to pass. It's not going to come to pass. God will continually fulfill your vision little by little until your dream comes to pass. The vision that God has placed inside of you will come to pass. And until it comes to pass, we live by faith. Say faith. We live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. We live by faith. We live by faith. What is that vision on the inside of you? What is that vision that's there inside you? We want to bring that thing forth. We want this time. It is time for the vision. It's time for you to say, that's it. How can I plan it? How can I create it? How can I bring it to pass? God, that's the vision that you've given me with. The Woodward Healing Rooms are a vision that God has given this church. That's a vision that she had many, many years ago. It's being brought forth. She's part Part of it. They're part of it. You can be part of it. People are going to get healed, delivered, set free. Come on, somebody. Because of the vision that God has. And just, just be obedient to what's on the inside of you. It is vision. Not just seeing, but seeing with your heart. Seeing vision. Seeing something spiritual. Let me just review these real quick. Number one, you need to be directed by clear vision. Number two, know your potential fulfilling vision. Number three, develop a concrete plan for your vision. Number four, possess the passion of your vision. Number five, develop faith of the vision. Number six, understand the process of vision. Next week is Vision Sunday. Next week, we're going to place within your hands a vision that is in the minimal of $54 million. That's just a number. It's just a number. Trust me. My father owns a cattle on a thousand hills and a thousand one and two and three and four. He owns them all. That's the principle. He owns them all. Has he got enough? Absolutely. Where do you fit in that vision? That's what we're asking today. Can you play some music for me? Would be great. Where, Where do you fit into this vision would be? Where would you begin to say, you know what? This, I see this. I see this now. I see this now. And it's not going to happen tomorrow. We're not going to, Sunday, we're not going to give you the vision. And then Monday, you're stepping into it. It isn't going to happen that way. We've, We've learned that, haven't we? That it just doesn't happen. There's a process. There's a step. If you'll allow your steps to be directed by the Lord, He will order your steps and He will bring it to pass. Until He brings it to pass, Shallon, you live by faith. Until he brings it to pass, you live by faith. Until he brings that thing to pass, you live by faith. 
another day. You take another step. You make another phone call. You meet another person. You pray another prayer. You read some more scripture. Are you with me? You, you, you connect with God in a way that you can begin to move forward. There's vision on the inside of you. I want you just to hold the, the, your center of your, of your heart here, whatever. Say, Father, Father. There's, vision here. there's vision here. I may not see it now. I may not understand it, but I know it's there. Stir it up. Stir up this vision. Give me eyes to see clearly. Give me the strength to carry it out. Help me, Lord. Help me to see farther than my eyes can see. Help me to see clearly. Say vision come forth. Destiny come forth. Purpose come forth. In Jesus name. Just where you're at. Just let me pray for you. Father. Father. We've been going through life. We've been going through motions. We've just been going through mundane things. Without a purpose in our lives. But today, let there be a shifting. Next week, let us be in prayer for the bountiful offering. Let us be in prayer for the vision. Let us be in prayer, God, for the things that you want to birth within us. Lord, even as this, this young lady in the natural is, is carrying that child to bring forth natural birth, you're bringing forth spiritual birth within them. God, I, I tell you, God, that you have a plan and a purpose for us. God, we need people for the vision. We need people to be developed. We need to make disciples. We need to continue to baptize and and begin to lead others to Christ. God, help us. God, where we fall short in and of our human selves, Holy Spirit, be our teacher. Teach us and encourage us in your word. Strengthen us when we're weak. Let us see who we are. Take the blinders off of us, God. Let us see who you've created us to be. Let us see that we are a people of purpose. We are a people of destiny. We are a peculiar people. That meaning people of God. We belong to you, God. God, today, keep us focused on the vision. Keep us focused on the narrow road. Because it's the narrow road and, and it's the narrow gate that leads to life. It's the wide one that leads to destruction. God, where we've gotten off track, get us back on track. God, where others may be headed down the wrong road, let them see the fork in the road and take the one to get back on track with you, back on the path. God, let us continue to compete in a way to win the prize, not being disqualified, but in a way that will bring glory to you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Can we give the Lord some praise in the house? Don't miss next week. Don't miss next week. Clear your schedule. Do what you got to do. Be here. I know that some of you may be out of town. You may have a bountiful offering. Bring it. Bring your children. Bring your family. Bring all of those and let's bring forth this vision. If you're here today and you need prayer today, come let us pray for you. Hey, listen, God.